politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. This is a moment of consequence and peril for the world and pain at the pump for American families. Today, I'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months, over 180 million barrels. President Biden is going to try to slap another Band-Aid on gas prices by draining more oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's not there so that anti-energy politicians whose policies have raised gas prices can try to hide that from the public. President Biden and the Senate's top Republican, Mitch McConnell, as the blame game rages over what you're paying at the pump. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and the president keeps pointing a finger at Russian leader Vladimir Putin for the latest gas price hikes, while Republicans charge it's President Biden's energy policies that have sent gas prices soaring. The average price nationally is now well over $4 a gallon and much more expensive in several states. In this midterm election year, both parties know that's a big concern among potential voters, along with overall inflation. Democratic lawmakers have proposed several bills seeking to ease the pain of gas prices, including a windfall tax on the profits of oil companies. Its co-sponsors include Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse and Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal. So this is pretty simple. We give them a lot back. You get to keep $45 billion, but the rest goes back to consumers to put in their pockets to pay for what they need. I haven't seen Americans so angry in years. And they're right to be angry. These prices are obscene. Let's give every American 240 bucks back in their pockets or more, because that's what will happen resulting from a windfall profit stat. Democrats have also proposed a $100 rebate for consumers when the price of gas is more than $4 a gallon. But it's unlikely any of the proposals will get passed by Congress. Republicans, like Wyoming Senator John Barrasso, say the president needs to see the energy industry as an ally. He needs to actually announce that we are going to produce more oil and gas here in America. That includes calling off his attack dogs and his regulators and actually helping us in America, the people that know how to do it, get the energy out of the ground. As the political battle over gas prices continues, Democrats are trying to point to progress on getting federal dollars flowing on infrastructure and the massive $1 trillion bipartisan bill passed by Congress last year. I spoke about that and an initiative for nearly $3 billion in competitive grants for infrastructure projects with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and Virginia Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger. With these dollars, we are going to be able to make, uh, I believe, a very big difference in state of good repair, in safety. Uh, we can use it to improve supply chains, which are going to continue to be an issue, uh, I think, in our country as we work to, to upgrade our infrastructure. And we're going to create a lot of jobs along the way. Now, part of the idea behind this, I understand, is to move things quicker. Obviously, with infrastructure, as we all know, projects can take years. But is that part of the idea? That's right. We're streamlining and smoothing the process, beginning at the uh, at the very start with the application itself. So uh, for a city or a county to try to get a federal grant for transportation, that can be a daunting and complicated process. One of the things we've done here is rolled up three programs into one with a single application and a single process. You could think of it uh, in a similar way to 
the common application that uh, uh, the colleges have now. So you don't have to fill in your zip code seven different times on seven different forms in order to uh, get something done. The same idea, the same principle applies in federal paperwork too. And Congresswoman, what are some of the things that you would like to see early on uh, as you look at this type of program, some of the areas where you think that this could help Virginia? Streamlining it is from the get-go a way for the Department of Transportation to demonstrate to communities we're trying to make these funds available, we're trying to make these programs available. And to answer your question, Mitchell, I think so many of the folks who may be listening to this interview are likely going to be sitting in traffic uh, somewhere along 95 at some point in time. And so road improvements uh, for Virginia to be able to apply for some of these multimodal pro uh, projects. Certainly there's so many bridges throughout the Commonwealth, particularly as you are heading south along 95, where there's projects that have long been in the works. There's so much that is available to be done that would help the local economy, certainly help contend with chokeholds that drivers feel and experience. And the fact that the Department of Transportation is leveraging these dollars that I was so proud to vote for to make these tremendous tremendous investments in our community uh, and to make the, the process of applying for these investments so much easier. This is really exciting news, I think, for anyone in Virginia. Now, we should note that this is, even though it's billions of dollars, it is a small part of the overall infrastructure bill that was passed by Congress. As we start to move in connection with that, I know, Mr. Secretary, that you have been out and about across the country as well as here in the Washington area, just looking at all of these places where there are real major problems. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that and, and your hopes with all of these projects moving forward. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the reasons why it's so important to have a generational investment. And you're right, this $2.9 billion we're announcing is just part uh, of the work that, that we've been doing in the framework of, of this bill. We've uh, already been able to grow our port infrastructure development program because we know that our ports need a lot of improvements, especially to keep up with demand on supply chains. Uh, we've uh, already put out our program to fix 15,000 bridges around the country, and we're funding that. And, you know, in addition to these uh, dollars that we're talking about uh, today that are part of these competitive programs, a lot of dollars are going out by formula, $7.7 .7 billion headed to Virginia alone for roads and bridges alone uh, over the next five years, all thanks to this legislation. Uh, so uh, this is really about addressing all of our needs, and it's everywhere. It's roads and highways uh, and bridges. It is ports and airports. It is trains and transit. All of them have needed a major upgrade for pretty much as long as I've been alive. And, you know, president after president, Congress after Congress have talked about doing something. Infrastructure weeks, so-called, have come and gone. Now it's actually happening. And this is the outset of an infrastructure decade, which is what it's going to take, especially to compete with many of our major global economic competitors, notably China, uh, which has been making tons of investments in their infrastructure. Uh, now we're doing the same right here at home. I would be remiss if I didn't ask about gas prices. Mr. Secretary, if you could explain some of the things that you think the administration is trying to do to address this issue and reduce the pain at the pump. First of all, the, the release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and the president has always been somebody who believed in partnerships and, and alliances. So you'll notice that we didn't just go off and do it alone. Uh, he, he led to make sure that a number of countries were doing it alongside us so that we had that many more uh, barrels of oil going out there to help stabilize oil prices. Look, there, there's obviously not some big uh, lever in the Oval Office that controls these things or, or things would be pretty different. But uh, there are actions you can take like that release from the SPR that, that make a difference and bring some relief at the pump. Also, a lot of international engagement. 
and uh, and a lot of attention to what's happening in the in the overall dynamics here. You know, I can't help but notice that when when oil goes up, uh, gas prices go up right with it immediately. Uh, not so much the other way around. And I think we need to look at that and uh, uh, you know look at why that that might be. So there are a lot of things. I know Congress has a lot of interest in this too. I think you know this is one of those times when all options need to be on the table, and we'll continue assessing what is called for to bring that relief. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is the week on the Hill. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.